and a time to join my guests. Now, we're all used to planning things in our life, from our careers, our travel plans, and other major decisions that sort of affect us. However, when it comes to starting a family, sometimes things don't go quite as planned. Male infertility is something that is often uncomfortable and it's a sensitive subject to talk about, and it's usually surrounded by myths and all sorts of inaccurate information. Today on Feel Good Friday, naturopath Philip Watkins joins me to look at male infertility and here he is on Zoom actually. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon Saria and good afternoon to everyone. Another Feel Good Friday. Yeah and um, I hope you're you're doing well. I know you're about to sort of take a flight to somewhere after a very long time so certain anxieties there <laughs> um, yes. before you travel. Um, no. It is, yeah. <laughs> I know, I can imagine. Now, um, the subject of male infertility, I mean, it is kind of Men's Health Month this week, this this month, isn't it? Just looking at some of the That's issues. Right. Um, is it a subject that, you know, causes a little bit of discomfort, you know, when we think about it? Because, you know, sometimes I suppose it's just assumed it's the woman's fault if something doesn't happen when you want to start and have children. Yeah, I think, uh, I think now, probably over the last five years or so i think the majority of fertility cases that i've seen personally the the specialists or even the couple themselves have already had the conversation so it is now i think that you know it's changing uh in relation to i guess the co-creation of of the issue and and you know a lot of a lot of people don't know that you know male male infertility is actually a contributing factor in around about 30 to 40 percent of cases okay and that's quite upwards, high. depending mm. on obviously de- depending on the parameter it can be up to 50 percent okay so i i think with that science in hand nowadays you know once again a lot of specialists or um, you know, professionals who are helping people will generally now try and bring in the male. But I think a lot of the times also, as I said, the, the couple will be a part of the process, which is great. But there have been some pretty apocalyptic kind of claims around male fertility and, and infertility. I think um, the declining sperm count study that was done, I think in around the 90s now, it was very, you know, a very long time ago that suggested that the sperm counts of men have actually decreased by around 50% over the last 60 years, oh, gosh. which is very scary. Mm. And it was you know, obviously the doomsday, yeah. <laughs> the doomsday clock was ticking there in relation to what was, you know, where that future may lie. And, um, but I think nowadays, I think men are now obviously taking a lot more care of their health, which is good. Mm-hmm. I think we had a conversation, I think, when we initially first met about, you know, getting your blood test done and, and things like that. I think the message is getting out there. But for fertility and men, I think it can be a sensitive subject. And hopefully we can kind of clear up some of those things today. Mm-hmm. So now what, how do we find out? Like, for instance, you know, if a couple, how long does it take before a couple actually realise that, hang on, there may be a problem here? Um, and generally, I mean, it doesn't affect the performance of a, of, a, of a man, you know, he's still trying to have a baby or whatever. But, you know, so how is it? What are the telltale signs? How do we figure it out and know that this is something that we need to look into? That's a, that's a great question. It's, I think it's actually very important to put together or also just to kind of get a sense of context. So fertility and infertility, um, infertility doesn't necessarily kick in until one year of no success so the that's both for the male and the female now to your question around 
you know, finding out. Oftentimes, what I've seen in the past, if the male hasn't been part of the initial testing process, which, as I said, is, is coming around, I think the once the females' tests come back uh, positive and they're fine, all clear, you know, no, no potential issues, then the secondary, you know, the next secondary test will be, will be for the male to see. So it's more around what they call a semen profile. Mm -hmm. So they uh, profile different parameters of how healthy the sperm is Mm -hmm. and, and different elements around that, which can actually be positively affected and changed for the better through some lifestyle nutrition and some things like that. So the, once those test results come out, often you know it's a different form of action, but it's still one that leads to a positive outcome. Is there still this sort of situation sometimes where perhaps men, you know, because I, I, f- I feel like sometimes men's dignity is a little bit more, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, women go through all sorts of things, right? But but sometimes when it comes to this, then men are a little bit hesitant to go and get, because they're embarrassed by it. And it's it's got lots of sort of connotations. You think, oh, okay, they're going to do a sperm count. How do I do this? Like, you know, so so is that still an issue? Do quite a few men delay this system, this whole thing, this progress because of their dignity, perhaps? It really just depends on the situation. I would like to, I would like to say <laughs> that my earlier years of seeing these kind of cases, I think it would be up to whether or not the male is attending the, the sessions with, the, with, with his partner as well. And I think oftentimes if the male is actually part of the process with his partner, then, you know, oftentimes you'll see them a little bit more involved, but you're right, there is still a little bit of an old stereotype around, you know, pride and dignity. But I'm I'm I would like to say now though that education's getting better. Mm-hmm. And you know, even segments like this, right? It, it's more about slowly just giving out the message that, hey, you know, there it's, you know, a, a pair, you're a partnership and, mm-hmm. you know, either member of that partnership can um can need some extra help. But I think one of the other parts of that as far as the education is concerned is that for both members of the partnership, you know, a healthy body is a fertile yeah. body. So, yeah. once again, even if it's not necessarily a you know a, a dysfunctional you know semen profile or something that's you know quantitative like that, then even just encouraging both members of the partnership to be to be healthy and uh, as best they can is is always going to be the put yeah. things in a positive direction. You're you're mentioning kind of the whole health aspect. I mean. Uh, you know, for women, for instance, you know, there is always fluctuations like, you know, because hormonal things may happen, stress may, may you know, delay things as well. But the same thing applies to men. I mean, does the sperm count, uh, say, fluctuate based on, say, if a man at the moment is, is going through a lot of stress with work, he's not sleeping. So, you know, it has a direct effect. So it might be something that is just a short term thing that he's going through but it will settle down, right? That's exactly right. And this is where I think getting the testing done um, from a male's point of view is very important because Mm -hmm. it may require some work to somewhat deconstruct. Like you said, I mean, stress and, you know, all these types of things, they're not easily fixed overnight. I mean, if you listen to our meditation segment, maybe they are, um, at least in eight weeks. Um, (laughs) But the... um, but there, there are multiple different factors. So, you know, smoking, alcohol, and drug use are fairly obvious. They're pretty much going to trigger most health mm, issues, mm. Um, psychological stress you mentioned as well, but also things like insufficient sleep 
and things that we may actually be more uh, exposed to in Hong Kong, specifically things like air pollution, but also heavy metal contaminations, things like aluminium and, and other uh, forms of heavy metal, lead, mercury and things like that. So these are the types of things that unfortunately they take time to deconstruct and you know sometimes there can be more testing required there as well. So for the male, as is the female, it, it is a very complex and personalised and unique kind of situation for the person involved. So yes, it's, it, it does take you know, take a bit of a bit of investigation. So um, you know, we'll perhaps in a in a few moments we'll look into you know what what happens if say things are not looking very good uh, and what the solutions are there. But general sort of. Uh, ways of improving male fertility you've just said about you know if you're smoking and alcohol drug use and sleep and things like that anything else that you think could help in the short term just for for you almost a DIY thing that you try and work on it yourself before you go in for medical treatment or anything I think one of the one of the key things to build on from that little mantra of a healthy body is a fertile body is that your vitamins and minerals that you, you obtain from your diet are generally one of the easier ways to see them is as a form of currency that pay for transactions in the body. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in when it comes to improving the quality of your sperm or you know getting that profile good, um, for want of a better way of saying it, you know there are forms of currency in you know vitamins, minerals like zinc, vitamin C. There's an amino acid called acetylcarnitine. Um, and coenzyme Q10, which is you'll see a lot more prescribed with um, with statin drugs for cholesterol, but actually coenzyme Q10 is a really major part of the the sperm profile. So, all you know, looking at supplementation, but also looking at your diet as well, can then kind of really there, there can be some focused forms of currency or denominations of currency, if you like, from your diet that can pay the transactions that will improve the the sperm profile so even just excuse me starting there can be really you know really beneficial and i i think the other more interesting one that i wanted to bring up was omega-3 fats mm-hmm. from fish oil mm-hmm. um now it, it's actually uh, kind of a hong kong centric thing as well because the, a lot of the fish can be contaminated with heavy metals. So you've got a bit of a juxtaposition mm, with mm. fish consumption in in Hong Kong, but also I think a lot of other places as well. So oftentimes supplementing with fish oil so that you can avoid, you know, potentially avoid the heavy metal contamination from too much fish, which as we mentioned before, is a bit of a, mm. you know, a risk Everything's factor. a balance, um, isn't it? That's right. It does seem to be the way, and it it, it is a, does take a little bit to to kind of zigzag your way through it. But interestingly enough, the, there's some studies on omega three via either fish consumption or fish oil improving uh, all the components of your sperm profile. Oh, but right. also, uh, one of the things that I think is a little bit more pertinent to Hong Kong is that fish oil is a great study. I think around about ten years ago now. Would you believe that? Fish oil actually protects the um, from the cardiovascular risk induced from fine particulate air pollution. Now, if you remember, we touched on air mm, pollution as yes. one of those things that could could affect um, male sperm profiles. So, as I said, you can kind of overlap, you know, some of your choices uh, supplementarily. So you're not, you know, taking 
Uh, you know, I've been doing this job long enough to know that people don't really want to wrestle with capsules and pills yeah. and potions. So, yeah. you know, vitamin C, which will help with sperm motility, can also help with that air pollution bit as well. So you can kind of cover a few bases with some clever choices in relation to either your diet or some of the supplements. I suppose you have to also keep in mind that all of these things that you're doing are going to take a bit of time before they kick in. Because sometimes, you know, when we think of drugs or we take a, a, a pill or a potion and we think, okay, you know, in a, in a few days it'll settle down and I'll be fine type thing. But, you know, you have to allow that time for it to start working because it does take a long time to get into your body and, and to start doing those things. It's a really good point. And unfortunately, when it comes down to creating a human, oftentimes, like you touched on it in the beginning of the, uh, in your introduction there, that family planning and, and these types of things are just a very huge part of um, people's lives and something that when it doesn't necessarily go to plan, adds a very unique sense of urgency on both parties. It's a strain and on the relationship, absolutely. It, it, because, it really is. Yeah. And, yeah, sorry, you were going to say. Yeah, no, um, no, no, I can imagine. I can imagine that, that it would be. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the first things first is to try and work out a way to come to terms with the fact that, yep, three to six months is you know a, a regular time to go through a process where you're you know, looking at different ways to contribute. We've touched on some of these things through nutrition. Uh, for males as well, I mean, I've touched on this before, but exercise is always a incredibly well, you know, it's going to cover so many things, but also is going to improve these uh, profiles that we're talking about with semen and sperm as well. Mm. So, it does take time. If you're someone that is working 70 to 80 hours a week, you've somewhat lost touch with how you're supposed to feel, how you want to feel. It can be, it, it can not only just be, okay, I've got to get onto some supplements, but it can also be, well, hey, I've been sleeping five hours a night. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, haven't, my movement has gone down. And these things can take time mm -hmm. to get into a sustainable place as well and it's okay so uh, it these things are incredibly challenging yeah these things are in your hands so now what do we do then if for instance you have tried all of those things and it comes through that when you've gone for your sperm count your sperm count is low you can try all those things but if it goes on to another stage what is the next stage um you know medically is there is there something that can be done about it can you improve it through drugs or whatever it, there are definitely ways to do so through a specialist. I'm mm -hmm. not that specialist, to be right. honest, but I think um, seeking out some, you know, some specialist help is always worth doing. Mm -hmm. I would say that one, I think for, for men and for females in a lot of cases, natural medicine can offer a lot mm -hmm. in saying that, though, it is one of those things, to your point, that takes time to deconstruct. Yeah. yeah. So the uh, what I often see actually is that a combined approach through an integrative you know a medical specialist and someone who is you know, involved in natural medicine who's got some good training mm -hmm. is actually always the best outcome because a lot of the time you can draw you know the, the wisdom from both parties in that sense and i've always said over over the years whether it's through mental health or in actually fertility is another good example that the patient always benefits from being a part of that team. 
mm. in the both parties. You, you know, you know that you're doing the best you can, and yeah. you know, things like the diet and the supplements can really move towards any any help. There. And and it's a joint effort. I think one thing, and this works both ways, really. That if you know a couple are planning to have children, then you have to understand that you know there may be if things don't work out quite right, it may be the woman's. You know, there must be something that has to be investigated with a woman, or on the other hand, it's something that has to be investigated for the man. But to actually have a good, solid relationship and to understand those things is probably as just as important as everything else that you've got. Because if you don't have that support from the partner, if, if one side is getting frustrated, I can imagine that that would be um, that may actually break up a relationship. To tell you the truth, it's a it's a great point. And one of the other things I I wanted to somewhat bring up around this is the the power of actually just seeking out some counsel, you know, yes. in the form of a counsellor or something like that. Um, I think there's a stigma around counselling in some ways that it always has to be some form of trauma or something like that. But mm. I think in this case, especially when, you know, as we mentioned, it's a very unique sense of urgency, it's something that you don't see coming until it's happened, mm. so to speak. Mm. Um, even just going through a counselling process to I improve how you communicate with your partner and how your, your partner may communicate with you can avoid potentially a lot of the the angst and a lot of some of these things that you've mentioned there and i think now you know with the these intense pressures that we have but also people choosing to plan their families later you know adding that once again that sense of urgency the pressure on both parties can be it can be huge and significant and when you're trying to reduce stress you know, it, yeah, it the, just the works in the reverse, may... doesn't it? That's right. <laughs> right. Does age make a difference to men? I mean, you know, obviously, um, you know, as they get older, the sperm count may fall. Is that is that a sort of given that over time, if you're going to be trying, say, in your forties or your even your fifties, that you know, obviously, people like Rod Stewart and all sorts are still doing all right. But <laughs> but is that a significant yeah. factor? Their age. There's actually some conjecture around the low sperm count and whether or not that is a, you know, a, a contributing factor and just how much of a contributing factor mm, it is mm. to male infertility. I think the, the key thing is, is that if you're healthy, then there shouldn't necessarily be an issue. But I think what we're finding a lot of the time with these, what you'd call, I guess, more chronic conditions that have, you know, are very difficult to somewhat deconstruct on the, in a general sense that there's a lot of mitigating factors there in relation to age. And for men, generally, if they're looking after themselves, you would like to say that there's there wouldn't be as much of a, of a problem. Mm -hmm. But the interesting side of things is, is that even that sperm count study that I mentioned in the beginning, and I wanted to really bring this up because I didn't want to scare people, it's actually been debunked last year by okay. Harvard. That's really So <laughs> the, <doomsday> clock, <laughs> the doomsday clock is kind of slowed down, but... To your, to your question, age shouldn't necessarily be an issue for men, but going back to that list where it's stress, you know, it's it's a bit of a big thing for men, you know, you know, being a bit overweight, not sleeping, you know, maybe working a little bit too much, maybe partying a little bit too much in the in the on the weekends. There's so it's all a lot something of that's in your that hands. I mean, you know, it is in your hands to be able to change it by changing your lifestyle. So that's a very positive um, part of it, isn't it? That you can actually do your bit to make it better. I, I definitely think so. And I think 
I'm I'm grateful that you brought that up because there's a theme with a lot of the things that we're talking about, you know, on the on the segment. The, a lot of it is around your own power to to take you know take control and mm. to be able to make those decisions. You know, a lot of the time, even just making a first step to having a conversation with your partner and saying, "Hey, how can I be a part of this? Do I need to go and get tested? You know, how can I do that?" In the sense of you know infertility, but also you know, as I said, sitting down with someone that can help you to make these decisions around the supplements or something like that. In some cases with your zinc levels, you can have them tested in your blood. Uh, there are ways to investigate mm. these things. That's and a, a lot of the time, you know, you can you can be a real part of that. Yeah, and no, I, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think some vital facts there. I think you're absolutely right. I think the whole time factor, you've got to allow that time. I mean, I, I'm just thinking that, you know, a while back I was kind of told that, oh, you know, I was close to diabetes and all this stuff. And I, and I had had a blood test and things. And then I was quite surprised that, you know, that after, if you have a blood test after three months or something like that, you would see, you know, you've lost some weight, you feel better, you don't have any symptoms, but actually it doesn't show up in your blood so easily. It takes at least six months, over six months before that change actually is evident that you have made an effort to try and, you know, be careful or whatever. So, um, you know, it takes time, doesn't it? It, it does take time. And I, I think it's a good point. I, I often like to say that the blood is the last place that you'll see the story. Mm. And, you know, in some, you know, there's two ways to that, right? If you're trying to improve, then in some cases, you may not see that improvement for a little while. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for men, cholesterol and cardiovascular stuff is a good example of that. It can take some time. But also, you know, there, if something's showing up in the blood, uh, I guess to you know bring us back to men's health and May Measure Month, um, you know the you know sometimes if something's already in the blood in your annual report, then things have progressed a little bit further. So uh, mm. once again, even if you're thinking of doing some family planning as a guy, um, maybe the first thing, even just now before the process even starts, and just go and get a blood test. Yeah. Go and see what the state of play yeah. is now and, and get start ahead moving. Of it. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Right Philip, thank you so much for today. It's really, um, My pleasure. you know, so really important information here. And I hope, you know, anyone who's listening can actually find out more about it and not feel so worried if they are. But I wish you a safe flight because I know you're flying to Australia this in a little while. So um, thank you very much. And we'll talk again in two weeks time. Thank you ever sure. so much. We'll speak to you then. Bye bye. See you then. Later. See ya.